Okay, so as I mentioned, next Sunday we're going to be starting a new series um, looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so what I want to do this morning is uh, take a look at Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is probably the most famous psalm. Um, psalm 23, if you open up right in the middle of your Bible, uh, you should be in the book of Psalms. And uh, Psalm 23 is a psalm that talks about the presence of God in this period kind of after Easter. Easter was last Sunday, and Easter is all about what God does in order to bring us into his presence through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And so let's, uh, this morning, turn our attention to Psalm 23. If you would, stand with me, and I'm going to read for us Psalm 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. This is God's word. Well, a couple of years ago, I was struggling with uh, the perennial question, uh, what do I get my mom for her birthday? Uh, we all, I think, come to this point in, in life when, uh, as adults, you know, giving gifts to our parents, you kind of wonder, what, what do I get for the person who, um, you know, I, I care deeply about, but who has, you know, everything she needs, and uh, I, I just couldn't come up with a great idea to, to communicate my, uh, my love for my mom on her birthday. And I was talking about it with my wife, and she said, you know, just take her out for lunch, um, Bingo, okay, that's, that's the solution, right? Um, let's just go and be together. You know, what do we really want from our loved ones? What we really want from them is their presence. We want to be with them. And now, of course, in this time when we are um, in isolation, we feel more than ever our, our need for the presence of those we love. We long to be together. Um, just being together with those we love is not something that we will soon take for granted, is it? Well, as we emerge from celebrating Easter and kind of continue in this season of Easter, uh, Easter is a season that lasts for seven weeks, um, we, are, um, we are, we're talking about and we're looking at uh, what God does to bring us into his presence. Easter is about what Jesus does to enable us to enter the presence of God. And so I want to look this morning at Psalm 23 because it's all about God's presence. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So let me ask you this question. What do you want from God? What do you need from God? You know, our world is, is full of people, isn't it, who say that they believe in God. Um, the vast majority of Americans say, I believe in God. 
But there's a difference, isn't there, between believing that there is a God and knowing certain things about him and actually knowing uh, that person, actually knowing God. We um, live in a world where people say they believe in God and yet they don't know who he is. Uh, there's a woman that I uh, see regularly at a coffee shop that, uh, that I go to, or not recently, obviously, but um, before this crisis hit, I uh, would, would run into her often at this coffee shop, and um, she knows that I'm a pastor, and she always wants to come over to talk, and she's always kind of trying really hard to, to tell me about what a good person she is, and she's always telling me about the charity that she's working with, or or um, she, she told me a couple months ago about the spiritual retreat that she went on uh, in Thailand. She's, she's, she's desperate for somebody to affirm her and tell her you know, that she's good, that she's good enough. And, and as I was talking to her a couple months ago, I asked her, what, what do you believe about life and God and everything? And she said to me, she said, you know, I am an intensely spiritual person. I said, really, that's interesting. Um, what does that look like for you? And she thought about it for a minute, and she said, you know, I, I can't really answer that question. And I just thought how, how tragic it is uh, that we live in a place where, in a, in a time where, where we could describe ourselves as spiritual people, but not really be able to say anything more about the God who is a spirit Everywhere we go, we meet people who know that there's a God and yet don't actually know who he is. There's no intimacy. We don't experience uh, the presence of God. We don't have his face. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, now, most of us, I'm assuming, are not uh, sort of farm people. <laughs> we don't... Um, spend a lot of time in the presence of uh, sheep. It's possible that none of us have actually seen a real live shepherd in person. What does a shepherd do? Well, what, what a shepherd does is he hangs out with sheep. It's like the shortest job description in the world. A shepherd is a person who spends time with his sheep. He's present with his sheep in order to care for them and protect them and feed them. What the psalm is telling us when it describes the Lord as a shepherd is it's saying that God is present with us. God is present with us. Now that might raise a question for some of us. Now I thought God was omnipresent. Isn't God everywhere? Um, isn't he always present? But there's a difference, isn't there, between the fact of God's omnipresence, um, just the fact of his existence and having his face, having intimacy with him, knowing that he is with us, that he smiles at his children. There's a difference between just the mere God as, a, as an existing being and knowing God as the one who loves and cares for and protects us. During this time when we've been in our homes for what, five weeks now? It's interesting because I have four kids and uh, we are present with our kids all the time. And yet one of the things I've, I've seen my kids long for is just one-on-one -on -one time with mom, one-on-one -on -one time with dad. And there's this, there's this sense that we just long to be known 
uh, Dad, I want to just spend time with you when you're not looking at your phone or multitasking or trying to do a bunch of things at the same time. God, I or, Dad, I just want you to be with me. And this is what the good news of Jesus is all about. Uh, this is why Jesus came. Matthew 1, 23 says that when the, the announcement came that, uh, that, that Mary would, um, would bear a son and Joseph would be his earthly, his earthly father, it says uh, in Matthew 1, 23, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus is the very presence of God in our midst. So let me ask you, do you know God? Do you actually know him, not just know about him? Do you know him? I mean, think about it this way. Do you know the president? I mean, sure, you, you know certain things about him. You can know his name, his date of birth. You can know uh, his address. You know, he lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, you might even go to an event and you might be able to stand right up close and get a picture with him. You might, you might be you know, there at a rally and, and get to shake his hand, but it's not the same as actually knowing him, is it? Actually knowing God, not just knowing about him, but experiencing his love and his care makes all the difference in your life. Augustine said our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. And what that means is without the face of God, without experiencing his presence, we will look to anything and everything to try to fill ourselves up. We will look for happiness and satisfaction, but it will elude us without God's presence. The Lord is my shepherd. But the psalm continues, I will not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If I have the presence of God, I will not want for anything. Now, when he says the word want, we have to understand what it means because uh, it doesn't mean I'll never want anything again. <laughs> uh, we want lots of things, don't we? But rather, it's, it, what, it, what it's saying is we won't want for anything. God will provide by supplying all that we need. All that we truly need is found in God alone. When we know his presence, we won't want for anything when we find our satisfaction in God and who he is and his love and what he's done for us, it means that you can handle whatever life throws at you, but without his presence, even your greatest successes will leave you wanting more. Tom Brady is a, a very successful quarterback, right? Um, was the quarterback for the Patriots. He, he now has five Super Bowl rings. After he won his third Super Bowl ring, he was interviewed by CBS, and this is what he said. He said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life, but me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't it. This can't be all it's cracked up to be. So then the interviewer says to him, what's the answer? And he said, I wish I knew. I really wish I knew. I love playing football and I love being a quarterback for this team. But at the same time, I think there are lots of other parts about me that I'm trying to find. And then the interviewer on CBS said, which of the rings, which of those rings you've won, Super Bowl rings, do you like the best? And his answer was, the next one. The next one. 
If you don't have intimacy with God, you know, even a, a $60 million uh, football contract, even five or more Super Bowl rings uh, won't be enough. It will leave you empty. But if you have the Father's face, you can endure anything. You will want for nothing if you know the presence of God. Listen, friends, have you ever thought, um, you know, I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I know all of these things. I believe he paid for my sins on the cross. I believe that when I die, I'm going to live forever with him. But what difference does that make if, fill in the blank, if that uh, relationship doesn't work out? What difference does it make if I'm stuck in a dead-end job and life just feels like a slog? Uh, what difference does it make if I can never truly live up to other people's expectations for me? Listen, as far as I can tell, in the New Testament, God the Father only has two speaking parts. Uh, he, God the Father only speaks twice. He speaks at Jesus' baptism and he speaks at the end of Jesus' life on the Mount of Transfiguration. And both times he says the same thing. We hear the voice of God the Father, and, he, and both times he's saying the same thing. He says, this is my son who I love. This is my son who I love. The only time we hear God the Father speak, he's doting on Jesus. He's affirming his son. He's, he's telling Jesus, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm satisfied with you, and yet on the cross, you know, I got this question, uh, you know, a week or so ago, I, I read the, uh, the, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, the account of Good Friday to uh, some kids online, and I got a great question. Um, Finn Prager asked me, why on the cross does God not answer Jesus? Jesus on the cross cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God turns his back on Jesus. Jesus loses the face of his father. Why? Why does God turn his back on the son that he loves? Well, what's happening on the cross is that Jesus is exchanging places with us. Jesus is taking on my sin and your sin. Jesus is giving us instead his righteousness. And so as Jesus hangs on the cross, Jesus is getting what you deserve. He's getting what I deserve. He is getting abandonments. He's getting the penalty for our sin. God turns his face away from Jesus on the cross so that God will never turn his face away from you or from me. And what that means is that everything the Father says to Jesus, he says to you. And so if you are in Christ, then what God the Father says to God the Son he is saying to you, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child who I love. I am proud of you. I am pleased with you. And if the God of the universe notices you and loves you and is proud of you and affirms you, welcomes you home, brings you into his presence, then you won't be crushed when other people ignore you, disrespect you don't come through for you. Doesn't mean we have to like it. Of course, it still hurts. But it doesn't crush you. It doesn't crush you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If I know the presence of God, I can handle anything. But there's one more thing that I want you to see 
in this passage, in this psalm, in Psalm 23. And what I, what I want you to see is that what the psalm is telling us is that we experience the presence of God, especially as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as we struggle, as we experience suffering and hardship, that we know the presence of God uh, acutely. Um, think about the words used in, the, in, this, in this psalm. It's the Lord who is my shepherd. Um, it's, it's, it's the Lord. It's, it's general. It's abstract. But Psalm 23 takes a turn in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm no longer talking about God who is distant. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's you, God, that I'm talking to. As the psalm turns from describing good times, um, you know, cool, walking, uh, he leads me beside still waters, he makes me lie down in green pastures, these good times, it takes a turn here into the valley of the shadow of death. And in the valley of the shadow of death, it's you who are with me. When I am struggling, then I experience the presence of God. We experience the personal, intimate presence of God when we experience times of darkness. So this is what the psalm is saying. Does God always love me? Yes. Is he always with me? Absolutely. If I am in Christ, do I always have his presence? Yes. But am I always aware of the presence of God? Do I always feel the love of God? Do I always uh, kind of tangibly um, live with an awareness that he is with me, that he loves me and cares? No, of course not, not always. But it tends to be when I'm struggling that I'm most aware of his presence. Friends, God loves you. He is with you, he is always with you, and yet he is especially near to you uh, when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when you struggle, when you are suffering. We're in this time where we are all experiencing loss, aren't we? It's a time where the future is uncertain, where we, we don't know what's going on, where, where life feels out of our control, and it is. It is. And it is in these times when God, uh, God is always near to us, but it is in these times when we tend to notice his presence, especially uh, acutely. And so let me leave you with this challenge, maybe. A few years ago, uh, one of my sons was just going through this period where he was, uh, he was just afraid a lot. And so what we did is, every night when I would uh, put him to bed, we would memorize, we would work to memorize Psalm 23 together. And each night we would learn another verse or two until the point where um, he could and we could together recite Psalm 23. And so he could know that wherever he was, or no matter what he was feeling, uh, he could begin to recite the Lord, uh, the, the 23rd Psalm and remember that God is with him, that he is not alone. And because God is with him, he doesn't need to be afraid. And so my challenge to you is this. This week, spend time Memorizing Psalm 23. Because we're all going through this time of loss. And it is in times like this that what's really in our heart comes to the surface. 
when we are afraid, when we are anxious, when we are um, wondering what the future holds. And it is times like this that we need to know, uh, especially that God is with us. Last week, our family uh, delivered flowers uh, to many uh, friends and people in our church. I'm sorry we weren't able to get to everybody. Don't feel left out. It wasn't intentional. I'm sorry. But we, we started off uh, delivering flowers, and I thought, oh, you know, this will take half an hour to uh, drop these all off. But what I, what I failed to remember was that everybody was home. And so when we would come and we would leave uh, flowers on, on, uh, on somebody's front door, and we'd ring the doorbell, and we'd try to run away real fast, well, everybody, you, would, you would catch us before we got back to the car. And so we would stand in your front yards a lot of the time. Of course, six feet away or more social distancing, but uh, we would stand there and we would talk, and it took hours to deliver flowers, but it was, it, was, it was wonderful because it was the first time in a month that many of us have seen each other. Um, and it was so uh, difficult because I know there's a part of us that wants to just come and hug and, uh, and talk um, and laugh together and be together. And we couldn't do that. But it was a reminder of how much we need uh, each other's presence. What a joy it was to just um, talk, to look at each other, not through a screen, but to actually be physically present with one another. Friends, God gives you his presence. He loves you. In Jesus, he has come to earth to make God, uh, to take on, for, for God to take on human flesh to be present with us. He died on the cross to remove the separation, the sin that separates you from God. And he raised again from the dead in order to usher you into God's presence, to enable you to reorient all of your life around him. God loves you. Psalm 23 demonstrates it. So let me encourage you to remember those words this week. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have moved heaven and earth to make yourself known to us. God, we pray that in this time that we are distant from one another, that we would know your nearness to us. Would you help us to um, take the time to build rhythms of spending time in scripture and in prayer as we hear your voice so that we might know your presence with us. We pray in Jesus' name.